On this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I will be joined by Aaron Wilson from Pro Football Network to discuss everything going on with the Houston Texans, like the hiring of Lovey Smith, and of course, the latest revolving Deshaun Watson. But first, start the countdown. <laughs> are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in everybody to a hump day edition of the Locked On Texan podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen. And a lot of you guys ask for it. And so you ask, it shall be received. It shall be granted. That's what the law say this Thursday at the Social Beer Garden. Locked on Texans, locked on Rockets, locked on Astros, the Holy Trinity, Trinity of Houston's locked on sports coverage. We will be all getting together this Thursday at the Social Beer Garden. We're going to be talking about the Astros and whether or not they will get their MVPS type of player, Carlos Correa, back. We'll even have baseball this year. Wouldn't that a pop off? The Houston Rockets, they're going through a lot. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is taking minutes away from Josh Christopher. Uh, what Jalen Green can potentially be in his number 35, as I like to call him, does he have a real future here with the Houston Rockets? And the Texans, baby. Davis Mills. <laughs> NFL Draft, Kyle Hamilton, y'all like him. Kevion Thibodeau, y'all like him. And overall, the biggest news, Lovey Smith being hired as head coach, the biggest positive news. So get out there. It starts at 8 o'clock. We recommend you guys get out there earlier between, you know, 6 and 7. Come talk to the hoes. Come get a feel of how everything is going to be. This will be an amazing event, fun. Bring your family out. Bring your friends out. Bring your hot takes out. Bring your bad <laughs> takes out. Bring everything out this Thursday at the Social Beer Garden. Locked on Texas, locked on Rockets, locked on Astros, the Holy Trinity of Houston Media Sports. Cody. <laughs> Let's talk football. Let's talk Texas, baby. Yes, sir. And that's going to be a really fun event. But to get this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans kicked off, according to Elba Beard of Sports Illustrated, he had an opportunity to do an exclusive in his interview with Houston Texans new head coach, Lovey Smith. And Lovey Smith says straight up that he hopes to see the Deshaun Watson saga come to an end sooner rather than later. And ladies and gentlemen, viewers, John, next week, as a matter of fact, Deshaun Watson will hold his first deposition in hopes of putting this nightmare on his part behind him and, of course, getting on with his career. Now, with all that being said, you take a look at the fact that Lovey Smith, like all of us, would like to see the Deshaun Watson saga come to an end sooner rather than later. But... John, listeners and viewers, because this is still going to be a long process and we are now reaching mid-February and, and Deshaun Watson is just now going into his first deposition, it's hard for me to believe that this whole drama will be over at least before the NFL draft because there's still a lot of moving pieces at play. Yeah, and let me say this. I want to take a line directly out of Lovey Smith, uh, his quote when speaking to Abbott Breer. As soon as possible, this is what he said when asked about how he would like to uh, 
resolved, when we would like this situation to be resolved. And he said, as soon as possible, I'm not running away from the question, but as soon as possible. He continued with, there are things that need to be taken care of before the football part comes into play. We're patient. We've waited an entire year, and I just feel like this offseason, it'll come to an end and we'll get it solved, and it'll be good for both parties, whatever that might be. Listen, he's not running, right? He's going to face the questions, unlike what we saw last year Hmm. uh, with, with David Cully. He's okay being in this position. Because he's not running. However, what to take away from that is you got a strong head coach that's going to be able to be the face, answer these questions, but it's time, right? We dealt with this for an entire year as a franchise. That's only during his time frame with the Houston Texans as the coaching staff. This goes back before Levy Smith was considered to be brought in as a coach. And now he is the head coach. And now he's he's been in the league over 30 years, right? He's seen countless, countless scandals, countless, you know, drama, whatever you want to call it, throughout the league. And he understands this. The quicker you can move on from it, the better. Now, they are going to commit to this rebuild. Deshaun Watson was a part of the last rebuild or build, however you want to put it. But now it's time to get him out the building. He can technically, you know, still play for the Texans if he wants to. He could have last year. Of course, we know how that played out. But for Lovey Smith, I totally understand it, and I agree. And this is also my personal opinion for all of you people who want to see Deshaun Watson back in the red, white, and blue jersey. Why? Why? Look at what he did uh, on and off the field. Look at how he treated the fans. I mean, Cody, are you blocked on, on Twitter yet? Uh, no. Watson, they have the longest block. <laughs> you know, I, I have no doubt that there's some good in Deshaun Watson. I really do believe that he he, he has a lot of great traits. Uh, once this thing kicks off next week, we'll continue to follow it sparingly. You know, not going to make it a big coverage. When important news comes out, we will cover it. We will discuss it. But as of right now, if we're keeping this – Totally on the professional side, there's no reason why Deshaun Watson should be a Houston Texan past June 1st. And there's no reason for you guys not to bet with betonline.net. I know football season is over. You guys come to the Lockdown Texans to talk about the Texans, hear about the Texans. The Texans are a football team. I got it, but I just told you about this Thursday. We got basketball with the Rockets. The basketball season is now in full steam for both pro and college hoops. BetOnline has all of the latest odds, totals, player performance props, all down to where you can find where the next fire coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs this season. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline has you covered and is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right now to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about every trend and action because BetOnline is where the game starts. 
And continuing here with this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans, you see we got our guy, Mr. Aaron Wilson from Pro Football Network. Aaron, what's going on? And how was the Super Bowl for you, man? (laughs) It was fun. I had a good time. I was, uh, you know, I had a good time on Radio Row with uh, talking to a lot of guys and doing some good interviews. Uh, Robert Woods, Justin Herbert. uh, I had a nice dinner in Beverly Hills. uh, Mm. Name drop a little. I was seated one table over from Robert Kraft and his family and two tables over from Ron Rivera. I made this reservation for me and some of the guys I work with, and I had no idea. I'd been there before. I knew it was a good restaurant. It was called Avra in Beverly Hills, but it, it was really nice, and mm-hmm. I was surprised to see Mr. Kraft there. But I knew Laramie Tunsil had gone there before, so I knew it was a nice place. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, Aaron, let's jump right into it. The last time you was on this show, it seems like the Houston Texans were gearing up to hire Josh McCown as their new head coach. However, as you know, the Texans have a new head coach now, and that person is Lovey Smith. First and foremost, I have to ask, how did the Texans shift and get Lovey Smith to be their new head coach? Right. Yeah, you know, sometimes a process can become complicated, and theirs certainly did where they were narrowed down at one point where Jonathan Gannon was informed on a Saturday that he was eliminated. Mm -hmm. And then they were working on this deal where, you know, Josh McCown was never offered the deal, never turned it down either, contrary to what some have said uh, on social media. But Brian Flores, they had stopped talking to Brian. Brian wasn't reaching out to them. They weren't in touch with Brian. So by process of elimination, it was heading toward Josh McCown. And then it became really clear that with the lawsuit that Brian Flores filed, even though the Texans have not yet been named in that lawsuit, and they still might not be, it's, it's kind of up in the air whether they will be. There's a, there's a possibility. And I, and I think that might not be what Brian Flores wants, maybe what his lawyers are, are pushing for their, um, you know, for their case, for their agenda. So Lovey was someone that they consulted with, talked with during the process, Nick Casario and the Texan search committee, which included Greg Grissom and Jack Easterby and the McNair family. And what they wound up doing was feeling like that was the right thing to do was to hire Lovey. And my understanding, yeah, Nick Casario felt strongly about that and did the owner and the owner, you know, the McNair family, Cal McNair, the late Bob McNair almost hired Lovey Smith and then it only shifted to Bill O'Brien as a replacement for Gary Kubiak when Corn Ferry, the search firm, recommended Bill. And they were looking at Lovey Smith was potentially going to be the head coach of the Texans. And now he is the head coach of the Texans. And this is a hire that a lot of people are, you know, growing to like. And you know, he's very qualified. He's been a Super Bowl coach. He's been an NFL coach of the year. And I think they hired, you know, the most qualified guy in their building. With Josh McCown, here's what would have happened if they'd hired him. They would have been dunked on locally and nationally because of Josh's lack of experience. Josh was literally at the one-yard line, I'm told, about to get the job. And then they flipped it to Lovey. And I think the backlash would have been intense and there also would have been a learning curve for Josh as a guy that has only coached high school football before. A lot of people that I trust really believe in Josh and that Josh has an extremely bright coaching future. The Texans are among the people that believe in Josh McCown. But the timing was not right. The climate, it would have been tough on Josh. 
And it would have been, I think, a distraction for everyone if you go with a lightly or some might say no experienced guy as opposed to one of the more qualified candidates. You know, Jonathan Gannon, I thought, was going to be their compromised candidate for some time because Jonathan fit a bill with a scouting background. He's modern. He's into analytics. He's a defensive coordinator for the Eagles, a playoff team. He's 39, so he still has some room to grow. And he was a you know excellent candidate for them, but he only made it to the finals. Josh would have been a different kind of outside-of-the-box, unconventional hire. It would have meant some bold thinking. And I don't think that it would have been bad. I think that it could have worked. But it's very difficult when you're, you know, the league is facing a lot of and rightful criticism regarding diversity, regarding the Rooney rule to then hire a white coach with no experience as opposed to black coaches that have significant experience. So I think what would have happened, it would have wound up being a very tough environment for Josh. We'll never know how he would have done because they didn't make that decision. They went in a different direction, but yeah, that's what happened with that. And it's not, only because of Josh, it's, you know, Lovey's merits. Lovey is an outstanding coach and a good man and showed them a lot. And they were able to find some alignment. That was really important to the Texans, finding alignment with whoever head coach they picked involving the staff. And you see they've made some outside hires, but primarily it is the staff that they assembled a year ago. And that was something that was very important to them. Cody mentioned that the last time we talked to you, a lot of different things were going on. However, you now work for Pro Football Network. I definitely want to let our uh, subscribers, our viewers, our listeners, everybody out there know that uh, I actually finally met Aaron Wilson the first time in Mobile, Alabama, doing the Senior Bowl. And this guy was everywhere. And he's working. Then the next week, he's at the Super Bowl. And, you know, I just want to say congratulations publicly. Thank you. Uh, on getting the Pro Football Network job. And I, I love your content. So does everybody else, especially our Locked On Texan listeners. Now, however, now that Lovey Smith is officially the head coach, what is the atmosphere uh, with the players, with the front office uh, in, the, in the Texans franchise, in the building right now for the Houston Texans? I think it's a positive one, guys. Um, you know, from players I've spoken with, like Justin Reed and John Grenard, they're really excited about this hire. And Justin Reed, as you know, is a pending unrestricted free agent. When you look at the climate of the building, I think it's a unifying type of force. It's something that a lot of people are excited about in the scouting department, in the coaching staff, and in the building itself. And you've probably noticed in the press, you know, there have been a lot of people that, you know, when they've expressed their opinion about Lovey, it's been a positive one. And, you know, for an organization that's taken some, you know, lumps, they are, you know, being, you know, getting some, some you know, attaboys, some pats on the back for hiring Lovey. Uh, they have, you know, not that it's all about diversity, but they have, you know, whether I know that they have been criticized in the past for diversity and things like that, but they've hired consecutive black head coaches. No one else has done that other than I believe the Indianapolis Colts with, Tony Dungy to Jim Caldwell. Technically, they had three consecutive black coaches because Romeo Cornell was the interim coach. So, yeah, some people have noticed that the Texans have – their actions have, you know, been in the spirit of what the league is pushing. And 
trying to you know be part of a positive change. And that was something that I thought was referenced a lot of times during the press conference that, hey, we you know, we understand there have been some things with the Rooney Rule and its execution and with other franchises, but that they are trying to do the right thing. And I don't think you should only hire, you know, any coach because of their ethnicity or race, but you should do it because you feel like that's the best man for the job. And I think that's what they felt like. They hired Lovey because Lovey was the best coach that they had a comfort level with. And that's what they wound up doing. So, you know, good for them. But yeah, it's been well-received hiring Lovey Smith. And whether that leads to more wins or losses, who knows? I mean, that a lot of that's determined by the players and who's on the roster and whatever, uh, you know, happens in the next, you know, six months. But uh, yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about Lovey and then some of the hires they've made, you know, whether it's adding Ted White to work with the quarterbacks, promoting Pep Hamilton, the offensive coordinator, which a lot of people feel is very well deserved. He had interest from other teams, including the Giants and the Chicago Bears, but wasn't offered those jobs. And now, you know, to get Pep, who also had the Jacksonville Jaguars make an inquiry about him, I think it's a good thing. Uh, they've had some continuity. They really need that. And that helps Davis Mills. So, yeah, there's a couple of things that I'm hearing about what they've done. Last question before moving on, Aaron. You talked about the, the the positivity that's been surrounding this franchise now ever since they hired Lovey Smith. Um, I want to ask you, how much do you think the Lovey Smith hiring will actually help the Houston Texans in free agency, especially um, retaining some of their top free agents like a Justin Reed, who at one time it seemed like he was definitely out of the door off of 610 and Kirby? Right. Yeah, I would say with Justin, and I actually I saw Justin and – Los Angeles, he was having a, a celebrity cocktail bartending event uh, in Glendale. And so I had to see him. And, you know, there are other teams that I think will also pursue Justin. But, yeah, I would say that he has an open mind about it and he'll definitely listen. So it's just up to the Texans. Do they want to making him an offer that's commensurate with his value? And then, you know, knowing, you know, kind of what he might get once the legal tampering period starts. And so it's a lot of, you know, to be continued in the next month here. But yeah, when I look at Justin and, you know, free agency, certainly that's not why you hire a coach, but it does help them. And because he has a lot of credibility with players. So yeah, I would say with Justin, they would have had a chance either way, but yeah, this definitely uh, sort of bolsters their chances. If it doesn't happen, I think it will come down to money. Uh, Not so much just like, you know, their football situation. I think it would be a, a financial decision like most free agency decisions, right? Why do you pick one team over another? Well, you pick the the highest offer generally. If all things are equal, then yes, I think they would have a chance with, you know, having Lovey and if they make a competitive offer. That's unclear if they're going to, you know, bid on, you know, Justin Reed. I I don't know that. So, yeah, I'm big on – I only report what I can, you know, verify and know, and I, I don't know what they're going to do. I was told at the end of the season, though, that he was expected to leave and that they weren't expected to get into a negotiation. They had opportunities if they'd wanted to enter a negotiation during the season, and they wound up not doing that. But, yeah, plans can change in a New York second. This is the time of year where a lot of people kind of pretty much has given up on their New Year's resolutions. And i got to tell you, right after we record this show, I'm going to work on an article, and I'm going to take my butt to the gym. I'm sticking to my New Year's resolution this year, and a part of that is eating better. 
And thanks to BuiltBar.com, I'm able to do that, able to snack with some great snacks with the Built Bar that's covered in 100% real chocolate. So I get that sweet. I get the protein. I don't get the carbs. I don't get the sugar. But I get all of the great flavor and filling. Best of both worlds, I got to tell you. And the best part about Built Online, you can choose from a lot of different flavors. White cookies and cream. You also have the salted caramel, the mint brownie. And for you coconut lovers who I got to question your taste buds anyway, they have coconut. They also have the coconut almond. So you get the best of both worlds in terms of treats, in terms of healthy, and they have the best flavors. Go to build.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at build.com. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. We are free and available on all major platforms. Aaron, so we spent some time out there at the Senior Bowl, saw a lot of great prospects that would make sense for the Houston Texans, and I think one prospect that shot up everybody's board, if you didn't get an opportunity to see him while at Florida State, is Jermaine Johnson. Now, you tweeted that the Houston Texans would retain Malik Collins likely, but they're going to go ahead and part ways with Jacob Martin. Is that correct? Right. My understanding of those situations, Malik Collins, Kamagurger Hill would be their top targets to try to retain. As free agents, uh, I believe they had a, you know, something of a discussion with Jacob Martin, and I don't think they're on the same plane financially. Obviously, that can change depending on what he gets in the market. I think there's going to be interest from some other teams. And right now, my understanding is it's not heading toward him coming back to the Texans. Like anything with free agency, it can change very quickly. People can change their mind. There were some free agents last year that were not going to be back, and then the Texans opted to do deals with them. And so that that can change. But, yeah, my understanding right now, today, that that is unlikely. So what are you hearing from the Houston Texans about the edge rusher position and where they're prioritizing bringing in the player, whether that be free agency or getting that steal? A lot of people see Kevin Thibodeau at number three, bringing in somebody that can get after the quarterback for Lovey Smith's defense. I think primarily you would look at the NFL draft uh, rather than bidding on free agents, and they can be really expensive. But I think they will try to build through the draft with the pass rusher position and look for someone to go with. John Grenard and people kind of, you know, forget about that because John season, you know, he had some injuries there at the end of the season, but he had a career high eight sacks and he, as he did have some health issues with COVID at the end of the year, but he had a great year guys. And I think that they will look very strongly at trying to add to that position because it takes good pass rushers for that four, three with, you know, out a lot of blitzing. So with Lee Smith and what he believes in defensively, he's going to keep calling the defensive signals you're going to need more pass rushers. You need some really elite pass rushers to make that defense work. Was there any player out there that caught your eye for Houston? You know, when I watched them, there were some guys I think that would go later in the first round that I thought ideally you would love to see in a Texans uniform like Trey McBride, the tight end from Colorado State. I think they could really use a player like him, but unless they move back, I don't think that he's a candidate for the top ten, right? He's more of a later first-round pick. But, yeah, I thought he looked good. I thought Johnson looked good. Who's to say that Johnson will be a surefire first-round pick despite the senior bowl performance? Maybe he'll be in the second round. What if they went with a different position? What if they went with offensive line 
or defensive back in the first round. What if he's still sitting there? I'd love to see him in Houston. I think uh, there are a lot of players. I mean, it's going to be interesting. You know, when I think about, you know, some of the other players I saw, Roger McCreary, uh, I think they could use help with the wide receiver position still. And, you know, I don't think that they'll be drafting any of those quarterbacks, but, you know, with them already having Davis Mills, you know, I think you saw, you know, some offensive linemen, a uh, guy that I thought, you know, he'll probably be in the first round, but I think it'll be in the later part of the first round is Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. I thought he was very tough. Uh, I was impressed with him. He definitely has a nasty streak. And, you know, when I think about, you know, some things they could do there with the offensive line position, I think he would add a lot. Uh, that said, they have to make a decision still. Laramie Tunsil, is Laramie going to be back? Are they going to trade Laramie? Are they going to be in the tar- you know market for a left tackle? Or is Titus Howard going to be the left tackle? And Charlie Hex the right tackle? That's a very real possibility. So they have some decisions to make before they can decide what position they're going to need the most. And you, ideally, you don't draft off need. You draft off talent. So who's the best player there at three? And is mm. it Thibodeau? Is it Aiden Hutchinson? Is it Evan Neal? Is it Kyle Hamilton? I, I wouldn't necessarily be a big fan of them drafting a safety that high, but you know, is he special enough to think about it? Sure, I think you would have to consider it. Hmm. Aaron, you know, you talk about the possibility of the Texans moving back. You talk about some decisions that this organization has to make, but I think the biggest decision is, of course, what they're going to do with Deshaun Watson. What are you hearing as of right now about his trade market? If I'm not mistaken, I believe that his deposition is set for next week. And according to Lovey Smith, John and I talked about this on the first segment. Um, he actually wants to see the Deshaun Watson saga come to an end sooner rather than later. Right. I think that Lovey was just expressing you know, the obvious that this is a situation where obviously you hope for a win-win. And for Deshaun Watson, that means a fresh start. He doesn't want to play for the Texans anymore. Okay, they accept that. They take him at his word that he is intentional. Those are the words that were passed on to me about his desire not to play for the Texans anymore. And for the Texans, you you want to get commensurate value for a player of Deshaun Watson's caliber. And then that new franchise, they're going to give up so much, they want to get the best out of Deshaun Watson, which means a focused, you know, Deshaun, that's you know not encumbered by you know, the legal situation. All that is to say, though, the other franchises are just like the Miami Dolphins. They prefer to get him with obviously no criminal charges and the civil litigation settled. And you can't put the cart before the horse. If you try to execute a trade not knowing what his legal status is, meaning that the Harris County Police Department, Harris County District Attorney's Office said we're not recommending a charge. Until you get to that point, which is more important in terms of the legal realm, because if he's not, if he's free and clear of that, then he's not going to be on the commissioner's exempt list and he'll be available to play. If he's charged with a crime, they will very promptly, without a conviction, put him on the exempt list and he will be on the Texans books. He'll be paid just like last year. But this time he'll be unavailable to play. And they still haven't made that determination yet. It's a possibility that he could still face a misdemeanor charge. And indecent assault is what the search warrants indicated they were looking at and considering. So the civil litigation, he is set to give a deposition. And because there's no protective order, that's why you can see that information out there. 
where it can be put out into the public realm. Unless he's able to obtain a protective order, then that's something that the press can report on, as you saw with not one of, uh, you know, it was a witness that took the Fifth Amendment in deposition proceedings, uh, not represented by Rusty Harden, but represented by a different counsel. And, you know, with uh, Tony Busby asked, you know, some difficult questions, uh, you know, some questions that, you know, obviously showed kind of what he, you know, thinks of, of, of the case, of his allegations, all those things. So bad publicity is one thing. Court of public opinion, obviously, you know, many believe whatever they believe, but, you know, can it ever be, you know, proven? I don't know. You know, I think, you know, I think it's something, you know, we're very careful and very hesitant to uh, offer an opinion of. We've not heard of any audio, video, or DNA evidence existing. No one has ever said that that kind of proof is there. Doesn't mean that the allegations are true or untrue. We don't know. That's between Deshaun Watson and those accusers. So we'll find out, maybe, or maybe we'll never know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, what exactly happened. And it's not really so much about getting to the bottom of that, which is what normally you expect when you watch, you know, like a, a legal drama. This is real life. I don't know if there's ever going to be a clear determination from anyone on what exactly happened. It's just a matter of what is the outcome is the more important thing. The truth is very important in our American justice system, but what can be proven and what is the legal outcome? How does he do in court? How does he do in civil? Is he able to settle any of these? My understanding is there are some that have no interest in settling and that he's not interested in settling at this moment, that he wants to clear his name. Can that be done? I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, nor do I pretend to be one on this no podcast. I would say it'd be difficult, right? How would you go about if you're him proving innocence or disproving allegations? And how do they prove those allegations? It is it comes down to, you know, what does the judge, what do you know, a jury potentially, what do they believe? And so that's the more important opinion, what they come away with when they, you know, hear the arguments from both sides. And, you know, we're not at that point yet. I'll be very curious to see, you know, does he have his deposition? And then what from that deposition gets out there into the public realm if there's no public protective order? Right now, the reason that you were able to see the other information was because there is no protective order. He hasn't sought one. And will he seek one? I don't know. I'm sure that that's something that Tony Busby would oppose, obviously. But you know, without getting delving too much into the case. And, you know, I, I don't really, you know, care to speak on anything that I'm not an expert on. A lot is on the line. It's a very serious matter. And it's very serious for his future, for his reputation, and for the entire National Football League because of the kind of caliber of player he is. But getting to the, all the football stuff, I don't think that anyone can really do that. It's really fun for everyone to say, well, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are interested or the Denver Broncos were interested or the Philadelphia Eagles were interested. And then he wasn't interested and Miami Dolphins and they almost did a trade with them. And the Giants have made it clear they're not interested. This is not the first headline that's going to happen this offseason. It's going to be a bunch and it's going to take a long time. And I think everybody just has to be patient because, uh, 
otherwise, I think I'm sure it's a frustrating experience for anyone that's uh, in a rush to see it happen. And you know, it's a process to this. It's a legal process. That process is much more important and has to take precedence over the football process. I think we can all agree on that. The putting the car before the horse and saying, well, you know, what about the trade? You know, when's that going to happen? You can't really answer that question until you know his legal status. If something goes south for him, meaning not just paying a judgment or settling the case or, you know, lots of, you know, whatever headlines in the legal realm regarding civil litigation. The NFL can't say this, but I can. The reason that he wasn't on any kind of exempt list is because he hasn't been charged with a crime. That's why he was eligible to play. Do they want to look like they're not taking it seriously? Of course not. They do take it seriously. They'll take it even more seriously if he's charged with a crime. Until that has been determined, everything is up in the air. His future, the trade market, you have that's a really I cannot stress enough how important that part of it is. The other parts, I would say this. If you were to know and you're another team that he has not been charged with a crime and they're not expected to ever charge him with a crime, hypothetically, and he's still facing the civil litigation, well, that can drag out. He could fight them in court for years. Is it a bad look? Yes, I'm sure it would be a bad look to take on a quarterback with that kind of reputational things hanging over his head. But could you do it? Yeah, you really could. I've only covered one guy that never played again because of an off-field issue. His name is Ray Rice, and there was a video. Michael Vick, convicted of killing dogs. He went to Leavenworth. He did his time. He paid his debt to society. He played again. There was an apology tour. There was contrite emotions expressed by Michael Vick. All those things happened. Before you can get to that part, the public relations aspect of it, the what I would call sort of the the comeback for whatever however we want to put it, you have to take care of all these other things first. And they're not at that point, guys. Yeah, they're just you're they're really in a holding pattern for Deshaun Watson and his future. And it's coming up and we'll see what happens. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Aaron Wilson of Pro Football Network. Good people, good conversation. Aaron, let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter, all of your amazing work that you do. Thank you. Yeah, our website is www.profootballnetwork.com. I'm on Twitter at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL, and I'm on Instagram, Aaron Wilson 7128. And I'm also on Sports Talk 790 and proud to be a contributor to those guys and can plan to continue to do that. I still live in Houston, Texas, and I'll see you guys all the time at – Texans uh, practices, games, press conferences. I look forward to continuing to do my local coverage in addition to covering the league. I'm John Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. Also head over to YouTube. Continue to subscribe, like, and comment. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.